Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. I'm just loving, um, I've been coming here week after week to an empty room, only about five of us, and I had to use my spiritual imagination, you know. I love worship, but having worship, when you're worshiping with somebody next to you, changes things. Because you know what happens is when you, when you stand next to somebody that's worshiping, not only are you receiving what the download that God has for you, but you're also, because you're next to that person, you're also receiving the download that they're getting. See, sometimes what we, what we don't understand is that the Bible says, don't forsake yourself gathering together. And I, I just thought that God was just interested in, in a, a, a room full of people. But what happens is that when Pastor Silva and I are in the same room and, and we're both tuning into God, it is like my revelation meter all of a sudden hits another level because we're joined together. So the Bible says with two or three are joined together, there am I in the midst. It's saying this, is that when you're by yourself and you can't have somebody else, there is a dimension that touches you. But there is that a dimension that God invites you to when you don't have to be next to someone. You can say amen. You need, so you need to help me that I'm not preaching to an empty room today, okay? All right, can you maybe be seated? Thank you, worship team. Hey, amazing. Okay, I've got to, before I start, I have a word for you. This morning, God spoke to me, and, uh, uh, and it was this. Under the spiritual system that we found ourselves in, we went into quarantine. And under quarantine, we learned to live in the limits of that quarantine. So when we were in quarantine, you had to put a pause on some of your plans. You had to put a pause on some of your dreams. And we have learned to live in quarantine. I realized that this morning, every Sunday for so long, what I would do is I'd get up, pray, get a cup of coffee, text, see you in church, front rows are empty, and, and then just watch myself on telly. But Sunday mornings became, I actually started to enjoy it. I actually started to enjoy having church online. And I thought, wow, you know, it's restful. I can watch it. Um, I can get to hear myself preach and amening and all of that sort of stuff, right? But then just realizing that that season has now stopped. So now I have to learn how to live outside of what I've been living in. And what's been amazing, the same spirit that put us in quarantine has prophesied over into the new season. See, we were prophesied into a confinement, but the same spirit that made you put a pause on meeting together, praying together, worshiping together, is the same spirit that is prophesying into your new season. You know one of the things that's been prophesied? It's never going to be the same again. Things have changed forever. The only problem with that prophetic word, it didn't come from God, but it's the same spirit that has been against you, but you've never known it. It is now that you're in a new season. 
is how are you going to look at the promises that God gave you before the season started? So the, the spirit that is prophesying over the church, it, well, to me, it is absolutely amazing. It was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he said this. He goes, people, when the first COVID started, people were scared of catching the disease. There was the fear that you saw somebody, <gasps> I plead the blood, I plead the blood. But now we have a new fear that's hit the, hit the level. We're now afraid of the people that aren't vaccinated. But tell you what, let, let me prophesy over you. But there's going to be introduced a lot more fears. The fear that's been introduced and passed on, and you can see the media picks up on it. The moment we lose one fear, they can hit another fear, correct? Have you, been, you, know, you watch the news, right? First, it was the fear of this. The moment that fear loses its potential, what do we do? We start another fear. Come on. So what you've got to do, watch this is you've got to now unlearn your survival while in quarantine. You've got to unlearn it and put something brand new. And I want to talk to you about your ticket out of your situation. Your ticket out of your situation is your faith VIP pass. I never realized what the power of being a VIP was. I was scheduled to preach at a pastor's conference in Ethiopia, but because of um, uh, with airlines not matching, I had to have a day a step a sleepover or a transit in um, Dubai, one of the one of the I think the second largest airport in the world. And so I had to go in there. I, I checked, checked in, and they gave me a little card called VIP. And it was on my ticket. I never took any notice of it. I had a really good flight. I, I, you know, I landed in Dubai. And I think every other plane landed at the same time. I went into the passport control, immigration room, and it was like the MCG. I mean, there were thousands. There were, you know, the snakes came going on. You know, that, the line that looks like a snake, it goes, kept going on and on and on. Now, I, I am tired. It's 11 30 at night. I've just been on an airplane for 14 hours. I want to go to a hotel room. <laughs> I want to turn the air conditioning up really high and then warm myself up in the blanket. I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking and I'm just going, great, another two to three hours. But then I looked out across and there was a window with no one lining up in it. So I saw all these windows all, you know, all of them full. And I'm looking at that one, and, and all of a sudden, an attendant comes up to me, and one of the officials and says, excuse me, sir, can I have a look at your card? So I looked at my card, and he looked at it. I go, sir, this is not your line. Your line's over there. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you can just, just get a load of this. So I'm next to people feeling exactly what I'm feeling. Have you ever been in one of those lines? You don't have to talk to the person next to you. You know what they're thinking. First thing they're thinking, I wish I was in front of you. Right, and, and, and so all of a sudden I'm there, and this, the guy finds me, and I've got a line down the back, still lining up to even to get into the room, and he just takes me, and he even takes, I had hand luggage, he even takes my hand luggage. And, and all of a sudden, you should see everybody else looking, goes, ooh. And then all of a sudden the guy goes to me, he goes, you're a VIP. I get through, it takes me about 30 seconds to get out of passport control. 
Well, the others, have you ever been there where they ask you, your mother's maiden name? How many cats have you had? Has your cat been vaccinated? You know, you got all of this. I just go straight through it and everybody's kind of looking at me. That what happened was, he didn't pick me because the way I looked. He didn't even know my name, but what he recognized is that I, was a v- I had a card that said, I am a VIP. See, when you, when you understand that your faith is your ticket out of here, it's your VIP, you start to think different. See, because what happens is faith separates you from the crowd. Faith separates you from the condition that everybody else is in. See, faith is a separator. See, what happened with me is when I needed revelation, I had something. I had a card that if I knew what to do, I could have gone straight ahead with it. But because I didn't know it, God sent an official, and that is a pastor is an official, a prophet is an official, a teacher is an official, a life group leader is an official, mom and dad are officials. It's somebody that knows something that you don't know that you have. Don't worry about them. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I need attention. See, what happens is if God sends me here, For you here today, those watching online, that you have a VIP pass, but if you do not know it, you line up with the crowd. You think like the crowd. Your expectations are the crowd. And guess what? The crowd loves you. Why do they love you? It's because they go, I'm not the only one in the same mess. See, faith separates you. See, as a church, we're going to have to learn to be blessed. And to be blessed means we get singled out. When you get singled out, you'll go, well, look at them. See, when you were born again, God gave you a ticket out of your situation. Now, the reason you need a VIP pass, because a VIP pass is a revelation that God has given you to get out of where you are. Now watch this. I love human reasoning. Human reasoning is good. But human reasoning has a limit. And when the limit is reached, you go into speculation. Now watch watch this. When Adam and Eve sinned, they stopped living by revelation. They started to live by information. So when Adam and Eve, before the fall, lived by revelation, they could speak to God, they could understand God, they ministered with God. The moment they sinned, they fell to their own limitations. What was their limitation? The limitation was this, we got to hide and we got to cover, because that's what the limitation was. So watch this. So what happens with us is Human reasoning has a beginning, and you can walk, and you can walk, and you go, wow, life is good, everything is good, and then all of a sudden, you stop, because your limitation stops, and that's when you get into speculation. Let me prove this to you. Let's talk about the theory of creativity, or how did man come into existence. Watch this. So you start by observation. 
You look at it, you look at it, you look at it, and you go, well, man came through this, you've got animals, you've got this, you've got all of this, and then all of a sudden it stops. What do you do? You go into speculation. What was the speculation? It was man was created without the Spirit of God. Man progressed through millions of years, correct? But what happened was this. It is something that was born when knowledge, human reasoning comes to an end and then you speculate. Speculation is a theory that is birthed in the limitation that you're trying to get rid of. That's really good. See, Adam and Eve speculated. How do we now survive when we've stopped being who we are? So their one was, they stopped it there. So what did, what did the father have to do? He says, the answer to your ending is a new beginning. And the revelation is this, is a lamb has to die and his blood has to be shed so that you don't have to live like this. See, normal reasoning wouldn't have come up. See, if Adam still had spiritual revelation, he would have taken himself a lamb. But he couldn't. See, where you are right now is your VIP pass will take you out of where you have stopped. So you need your VIP pass out of quarantine. You need your VIPs out of, this, out of the relationship that you find yourself in. So watch this. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.5. It says this. I, I love this. Read this every morning to yourself. So your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, human philosophy, but in the power of God. I want you to, this is, this is powerful. He says that your faith might rest not in the information about the Bible. Just pause for a moment. We've been taught that knowledge is powerful. I'm here to tell you that knowledge is not that powerful. There's a, there's a book that Sula and I read years ago in the 90s called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was an amazing book. What stunned me, what got me about that book is this guy said this. Is you've got two people getting together. One, two houses next together, two dads. One has a, a, a normal job and he's wealthy. And the next door, the guy is a university professor with so many letters behind his name, and he's poor. One knows more, one has more wealth. Which one would you choose? Okay, none of you want to be wealthy. Think think about it. See, what we've been taught, if I have information, then I have power. How is it that some of the most powerless people have the most information? Have you, it, it, it dawned on me one day is I'm walking through the house and I've got a big problem. And I'm going, God, I don't know what to do. And I'm looking at all the books I've read. And I'm going, I'm going I spent thousands of dollars on these books and I'm still stuck. I know it. I can quote them. Okay? See, information is not transformation. So here's Paul saying, That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, human philosophy, but in the power of God. Listen to what another version says. It's this. It comes back down and he says, 
that the Spirit of God's power did not. See, this is the message translation. God's Spirit and the power of God did, which made it clear to your life of faith is responsive to God's power, not for some fancy mental or emotional framework by me or somebody else. For you to move out, you're going to need your VIP. You're going to need faith. Now, let let me just show you something here. Turn with me to Luke 4, verse 18. Now, this is Jesus talking. And he says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Just, Just stop there for a moment. Before we read the next part, I want you to understand, he is now going to unpack what the spirit that is on him will do, not inform. So God, the Bible starts off with, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. But then you go, so what we do then is we look at, so no longer is God saying, I'm not here to just to inform you what the Spirit's assignment is, but I'm here to tell you what the Spirit will do. And he says this, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now watch something here. If you've been long enough, when we think about poor, we think of somebody with a lack of food, lack of shelter, yes. But do you, know, do you realize the word poor means this? When you are poor, it, it touches your education. It touches your imagination. It touches the things you believe. You, therefore, it means this. The only way that you know you're poor is because somebody has exposed you to something that you haven't got. Would you just, pour, just, just let that sink I realized something in doing a lot of missions work. Sometimes we'd preach, we'd, we'd go into maybe three to four days of four-wheel driving to get to a certain village. And we'd, when we and we'd look at the kids, and I remember the first time this dawned on me, is these kids don't know that disadvantage because they don't live with me. See, if I, when I bring my kids that grow up in today's society with all the trimmings that we live with, and I bring them into this village, guess what? They'll feel poor. But those kids don't feel poor. You know why? Because they haven't been exposed. See, the spirit of poverty or the poor spirit tells you that everybody else is in the same situation. This is as good as it gets. So what happens with this is that poverty comes in and he says, be happy with your lack of education. Be happy with your lack of opportunities. So the Spirit of the Lord says, I have come to preach good news to the poor. See, when you get exposed to something that you haven't got, and you realize there could be a possibility to live like that, all of a sudden you feel, oh man, I've got limitation. I remember this so vividly. I was preaching in a, in a church in Brisbane. I was just talking about faith. And there was a, a newly married couple, both from disadvantaged households. They just moved into a flat and just in a, in a lower end of town, 
uh, that couldn't afford proper furniture, that was really, really struggling. And I just shared some of the things that happened to me and Pastor Silva, and they met me afterwards. And this is what their comment was. Are you telling me that by faith, I can get furniture, I can get a car, I can get a better job, I can move on, I can move from this dumpy neighborhood into a better neighborhood? And they go, yeah. And this is the key. They never heard it before. All of a sudden, they realize we're, pro- we're broke, we're poor. But now, there is a, an, somebody's opened up a new window saying, this is what is possible. Now watch, now you need to let this sink into you. Religion that doesn't operate by faith struggles with that. In its struggles is what do you do when you're exposed to something that you can have but you can't get it? What do you do when you are broke in your home your telly is 500 years old. You've got to wait five minutes before it warms up. Right? And all of a sudden, you turn on Faith Life Church YouTube channel, and you go, wow, there is hope. There is something. But then what happens is, now that you're exposed, the frustration is, how do I get to what I am exposed to? Religion says this. When there is no faith, you need to do something. And what you do with it is you put it into the future. Oh, yeah, but that is when you die and you go to heaven. See, religion, when it looks at a promise without faith, it needs to be clarified. It needs to be subdued because all of a sudden there is an emptiness. How do you fill that gap that says, I know I can have something, but I haven't got it. What you do with it is you suppress it by putting it into the future. You either suppress it by saying, that is not for you. You either suppress it by going, that's not God's will for you. Or when you die, you go to heaven. Do you realize, just, just, just let it sink in. That Jesus died to bring heaven on earth, not earth to heaven. Just, just pause for a moment. That's a, it's a huge thing. Jesus didn't say this. What I've got to do is I, I, I come here to take you from earth into heaven. He goes, no, I came to bring heaven on earth. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The master of everything. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So listen to me very carefully. If it's not God's will for you to conquer on earth, it is not God's will for you to conquer in heaven. <laughs> if it's not God's will for you to have peace on earth, guess what? When you die, you're going you're to think heaven's very miserable. You're going to have another prayer. God, help me to get back to earth. You're very quiet. Let's think in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm tells us what is in heaven is going to be on earth. So what he says here, he says, He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And then he says this, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. 
The word there, captive, is having no freedom to choose alternatives or avoid something. Wow, I think it just, what's a captive? You are captivated when you have no choice. To being captive is that all of a sudden I have no choice. I have none of these opportunities. But the word of God, he says, I've come and I have given you alternative ways to live. There is an alternative for fighting at home. And everybody said? <laughs> there is an alternative for not getting along with your spouse and your husband. There is an alternative when you, you know, I've heard people say this, oh man, don't get kids, they'll ruin your life. I go, hey, I received the alternative. I'm having kids and I'm enjoying life. See, what happens, what is a captive? A captive is somebody that somebody says, you haven't got a choice. You, you know, grin and bear it. So Bible says here that you can avoid circumstances and you can also choose alternatives. And, re, and then he says this, and recovery of the sight to the blind. What's blindness mean? Blindness means is that you always need somebody that you, to lead you on, 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 let me just try to clarify this. This is a spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is this, when you need somebody to lead you, but in the same atmosphere that keeps you blind. If you are blind in a certain area, whether it be peace, lack, whatever it is, and you need somebody to lead you, wouldn't it be amazing? Isn't it hard when you've got somebody leading you that doesn't believe in what you need? Isn't, wouldn't it be hard for you as if I was your pastor and you are sick, but I don't believe in healing, where am I going to lead you? When you go to a financial advisor and he says to you, I don't believe in prosperity, I don't believe you should make money, I believe you should be broke. How many of you would take financial advice from them? How many, how many, imagine going to a surgeon and he doesn't believe in excellence. And he goes, yeah, I've been a surgeon for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, about a 95% chance that you'll be all right. I mean, that's on my good day. Well, on my bad day, I wouldn't even come. See, blindness is you're blind to something, but if you're being led by somebody that doesn't believe in your breakthrough, you are still being led, but you're not being led to your breakthrough. So that's why you need somebody outside of the parameter of thinking that you are in. That is why Jesus came and they were baffled at him is because he did things that were impossible in a sphere that they were in. He started to move him to another sphere. And then he says this. And he set free those who are oppressed. Listen to this. The word there, oppressed, means subject to harsh treatment. So God says this. Your VIP, VIP pass can get you out of being poor 
can get you out of being captive. It can get you out of being blind. It can get you out of being oppressed. I expected a little bit more enthusiasm. I know you probably, uh, okay, lift your hand up if you're smiling under your mask. Okay, that, that, that helped. Have you ever noticed that n- normally when I go, when I'm in a crowd, I smile at everybody? And I'm realizing I'm smiling at everybody, but I'm not getting the expression that I normally get. And I realize, Fabianic, you got a mask on. Anyway, okay. So you've now got a VIP pass. The Bible says this. Um, the word rest means this, that your faith might rest on the wisdom of of God and on wisdom of God's power. He says this, rest is to depend on or rely on someone or something. To stop moving and look at someone or something. So God says this, from now on, instead of resting upon human wisdom, I want you to rest in my power. Listen to me carefully. I never understood this until this, this day. Not today, but God's been dealing with me this. It is information can tell you about what's happened to get out of your limitation. But it's the power of God that takes you. See, information will take you to a spot where you can theologically, mentally, through your imagination, know this is what is possible. This life is possible. This is what is possible. But information doesn't open the door for you to live in it. So you need the power of God. Think about this. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says in the end times that people are going to come in. Um, they come to Jesus. Jesus, I know you. And I used to wonder, and God says, I, I don't know you. And I used to go, well, somebody, somebody's got a problem. There's got to be a deep problem. You go, but I know you. But God says this, you know me by information. You don't know me by the power of transformation. See, what's going to take you from one level to another word, level is the power of God. So when we start moving in this it takes it up. Listen to Psalm 3 5. So, th- this is faith rest. It's resting in faith power. For then I will awake in safety, for you surround me with glory. Psalm 3 5. It says, When I wake up in safety, you surround me with glory. See, when you start to rest, when you move in the power of God, you go from, transfer- from information to transformation, you can rest. See, the power of God is what gives you rest. It's not an exhortation. See, when you rest in God, when you rest in the power of God, it physically, emotionally takes you from having no rest to this. And look at what Psalmist says. So then I'll wake up in safety, for you surround me with your glory. So faith rests in God's power. So when you go out to buy your groceries, you can rest. You're not going to get sick. When you're going to do your employment, you're not going to decrease. You're going to increase. See, what happens here, the psalmist is saying, 
I am not waking up minute by minute thinking what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to me. He is resting in God's power. Second thing is faith responds to God's power. Look at Romans 10, 17. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's utterance in the anointed one. You are designed to respond to faith. And when you respond to faith, God's power gets activated to bring that what you heard into your present reality. You are your VIP, VIP, I feel like, your VIP pass is designed to respond. So what happens is, if you go back to when I was in Dubai Terminal, is if I did not respond when the attendant said to me, your VIP pass, you can separate it from the crowd, you go straight through. If I didn't believe him, I go, stop clowning around. Give me your credentials. What's your mother's maiden name? Is your cat vaccinated? What about your goldfish? How many goldfish have you got? What color are they? You don't know the color of them and you expect them to believe that you're official? See, what happened was this, is I had a VIP fast, but unless I responded, I could have stayed with my VIP pass for another three hours before I went into a hotel room. So faith responds. Now, watch, I want you to watch something here, and, we're gonna, and I'll show you what the power of this. That what your, lim, your limitations, all the sensory knowledge, all the knowledge that you have will not get you through. Now listen to Acts uh, Acts chapter 7 verse 22. He's talking about Moses. So Moses was fully trained in the royal courts and educated in the highest wisdom of Egypt. Egypt had to offer until he arose as powerful prince and an eloquent orator. I want you to notice something about Moses. Moses is attributed to um, writing the first five books of the Bible. He is one of the most prominent figures. You've got um, the two most prominent figures that you'll find in the Old Testament and also been coming into the New is Moses and Abraham. And here's Moses. He is taught in the best schools out. He's an eloquent speaker. He's an eloquent commander. He, he knows how to walk like a royal Knows how to talk like a royal. But guess what? Even his own ability could not save Israel. This guy was the head honcho of education. But God says this. Your eloquence on this level is not enough to get the people to the level that I want. Now watch this carefully. If you can start to understand this is if you are relying on yourself to get you where God wants to get you, you can't do it. So when you see the promise of God, and then you go, I want to enter this promise of God, God says, your own wisdom is not enough to get you over the line. So what he's saying to Moses, Moses, I want to save my people. I want to bless my people. I want to encourage my people. 
And Moses says, hey, I'm qualified. See, Moses started with a promise, I am qualified. What does he do? He spends 40 years in the wilderness. What did he spend 40 years on? To being disqualified. 40 years of disqualification, and then he gets a revelation that there's this, Moses, what you couldn't do but with what you learned, you can do with what I've learned. So God says to Moses, Moses, education will not save my people, but it's my power that's going to save my people. Watch, let's, let's keep going on there. Listen to uh, 1 Kings 4.30. Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and all of the wisdom of Egypt. What does that mean? He says he surpassed it. Watch this. How did he surpass it? So the, you, the question is when you read this verse, is how do you surpass the, this wisdom? The key is this. Every wisdom that the Egyptians had and all the others were found in a classroom. Wisdom that Solomon had was a revelationary wisdom given to him by God. So what was he saying? What, what is this verse saying? He says, you've gone to all of your prestigious schools how to do life. And Solomon goes, I got my wisdom when I was 12 years old. <laughs> Think about this. Some of this wisdom that all of these guys had spent years and years in college. But what did Solomon do? He says, um, God, the father comes to him and says, hey, Solomon, um, you're going to be king. What do you want? And Solomon goes, listen, I'm not wise enough to look after your people. Uh, and then God says, okay, what I'll do is I'll give you my wisdom to flow through you so that you can minister to my people the way I want them to be ministered to. See, if you're a church leader, the way you pass the people is not the wisdom of men, but is how does God pass to them. So what you find is this, is that God is saying to you that because you have a VIP pass, you are not limited to your strength or to your weaknesses. That means that's where you get the foundation for all things are possible to him who believes. Now, watch this. Now, we're going to come in just for landing here right now. This is what the power of God through faith will do for you. Okay? Look at Psalm 113, verses 7 to 8. He promotes the poor, picking them out of the dirt. He rescues the needy from the garbage dump. Now, I just, just stop there for a moment, right? I want you to notice something. That he doesn't teach them how to live in the rubbish dump. He takes them out of it. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you the strength so that you can live this lifestyle until you die and you go to heaven. He says this. He promotes the poor, picking them up from the dirt. And then he says, and he rescues the needy from the garbage dump. Then he says this, he turns paupers into princesses and sits them on their royal throne of honor. He goes, I go to the people that are poor and I elevate them to sit next to a king. 
see the vastness of this? It is like a poor person comes to the end of wisdom. And he says, this is my lot in life. And God says this, I'll pick you up and I'll remove you from the dirt. I will rescue you from the garbage dump. What's a garbage dump? You're living on what somebody else does not want anymore. There's a garbage dump of information. Do you realize that some people have written books, then changed their mind and said, this is a lot of rubbish, but still left them there? How many, look, it is amazing. The internet is filled with so much rubbish. People have said, I've got this. And then obviously it didn't work, but I never removed it. So other people are living on their stuff. That is why you need to live in a spirit of revelation. And he says he turns the paupers into princesses. And he sits them on their royal thrones of honor. Today, my assignment was this. Is to tell you that every one of you right now have got your faith pass out of the situation that you are in. See, your faith doesn't look at your race, doesn't look at your education, doesn't look at your disabilities or abilities. It looks at God and he says this, the reason you're going to move forward has nothing to do with you, but has also everything to do with me. So today, the good news of the gospel is this, is that you have a ticket out of your situation. You're no you are now have got a choice. Which way do I want to go? My prayer to you is today as a church, let's take our ticket out of this. For your marriage, I've got a ticket out to a great marriage. Out of your finances, I've got a great ticket out of your finance problems, your emotional problems. Do you realize this? And Paul was saying this. And I wondered this, and I'll come to a close on this point. The reason Paul said this, this is what I felt like God spoke to me to tell you this, is the reason Paul said that your faith might rest on the power of God was this, is that you took your first step with the power of God, and it's going to take the power of God to walk. He never meant this. I give you a little bit of power and then the, when you meet the next problem, you don't go back to where you were. You start going from that moment point on. So what happens is this, is I get saved by the power of God. And that is my VIP ticket that tells me this, every other problem is treated exactly the same way. Every other problem is treated in exactly the same way. So God, you, you're saying, the reason I came to you, and I didn't come to you with your eloquence. I didn't come to you with information. I didn't, I didn't come with a fanfare because of this. Because if you, if you buy into that, you will think it's the fanfare that takes you over. You will think it's the eloquence that takes you over. You would think it's what I have. But he says, I, I want you to rest that what took you into salvation is going to take you into every other situation and do exactly what it did. Let's pray. Father, right now, in whatever position that we are in right now,
Father, I just thank you that we have a ticket out, and it's our faith in you. It's our faith in you. So, Father, right now, I just pray for every single person, that, Father, that faith would arise, that, Father, that we would come to our divine revelation, that we know that we know that we know that we have got a God-given faith. We've been given a VIP status that takes us out from all the limitations and brings us out into the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that in Jesus' name that you would just lead us and take us as a church and as individuals. Father, we are no longer going to stand in line. We're going to get out of line, and we're going to go straight through. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. We'll catch you next week.